Merkel Media. Hey everyone, before we get into this week's show, I want to let you know that this past week was my wife's birthday. And for her birthday, I had a custom song written and performed for her. And that will be the outro song for this episode. But we're not done giving her gifts. Could you guys please do me a favor and hit her up on Instagram and give her a follow? Her username is L Whitman, E L L E W H I T M A N, L Whitman. Her name's Lindsay. Look her up, give her a follow, and surprise her with like a thousand new followers on Instagram. How cool would that be? Anyways, friends, let's get to this week's show. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blow his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section. And you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. And if you want more shows on a weekly basis, go to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member because there you'll get access to all the membership shows, all the overtime shows like today, because today is an overtime show, plus Tuesday shows ad free. Those are all great benefits of being a member. So if you're interested in that, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button and become a member. Also, check out preparewiththeconfessionals.com. If you're looking to be prepared and stock up on your pantry and make sure that if there's an emergency, you and your family are good to go on food and survival gear, you can get all that right there at preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com. You'll get yourself emergency supply food and survival gear right there preparewiththeconfessionals.com. Also, friends, go ahead and check out Who Saw the Men in Black. That is a documentary I was a narrator on. It's available on Amazon. And if you go ahead and check it out on Amazon, please leave a happy five-star rating review because that helps everybody out 
Thank you very much. And last but not least, we have YouTube friends and we have something really fun going on YouTube right now. You see, if you go to the confessionals on YouTube, hit subscribe and hit that alarm bell button, you'll be notified when I go live on Christmas Eve. That's right. On Christmas Eve from noon Eastern time to about four or five Eastern time, we are going to be live on YouTube. My brother and myself and a bunch of other people. I'm inviting about 15 to 20 other podcasters to hop on. Podcasters from the paranormal world to the conspiratorial world and everything in between. People who I know, YouTubers, content creators, even a TV personality is going to be there on YouTube on Christmas Eve, hanging out with me. It's going to be like a big virtual Christmas party for content creators. And you get to kind of hang out and watch and call into the show with the live call-in number. And we're going to have a raffle for the members to the confessionalspodcast.com. You see, the members are a big reason why the confessionals is what it is today. And I want to give back to those who've given me so much over the years. And so we are doing a raffle for members. We're going to be giving out webcams, light bars, dash cams, two JBL Bluetooth headphones, and one lucky winner is going to win a GoPro plus a bunch of TC swag. I might even throw Hammer Lane Legends swag in there, a bunch of cool stuff like that. Lots of prizes going out to the members to the website. If you want to be entered into that raffle, all you got to do is be a member. So it's not too late. As you hear this right now, you can sign up to be a member and I will put you in that raffle to be eligible to win some cool prizes right there on Christmas Eve, noon Eastern time to four to five Eastern time right there on the YouTube channel, The Confessionals. Go subscribe, hit that alarm bell button so you don't miss this awesome legendary live we're going to be doing. And why is it going to be a legendary live? Because not only are we going to give out awesome prizes to the members, not only are we going to be live with a bunch of other podcasters, not only is there going to be a call in line so you can call in, not only is it going to be four to five hours long, but we are also giving you the chance to give back in the giving season. You see, Kentucky has given Merkel Media so much this past year with the Dogman documentary that's going to be coming out very soon. We want to give back to Kentucky in their time of need. So every Super Chat that comes in during this four to five hour period is going to go to Kentucky. We're going to take Super Chats and every penny, every dime that we raise is going to be donated to Building Back Kentucky so you can be directly involved in helping Kentucky come back in their time of need from these tornadoes that destroyed parts of the state. All right, friends, that is going to be us on Christmas Eve. I hope to see you there on the Confessionals YouTube channel. Let's see if we can get 500 live viewers in one shot. I think it's possible, even though it's Christmas Eve. Let's do it together right there and raise some money for Kentucky. All right, now we got Nathan coming on the show today, and Nathan has paranormal UFO experiences, and then the overtime, we kind of shift topics a little bit, but I thought it was just an interesting part of Nathan's story that we wanted to share with people because because, uh, you know, I-, I think sometimes it's important to shift gears on this show and just kind of talk about life and reality of certain things. So uh, we have a whole other overtime segment with Nathan that is going to be shifting gears as to what we are talking about in this segment. But I promise you it's worth it in the end. All right, let's get to Nathan right now. All right. Today, we got Nathan on the show. Nathan, how you doing, man? Doing good. How are you? Doing fine, man. Doing fine. So, uh, Nathan, this is going to be a fun, interesting show. Uh, 
we're going to start off with your paranormal experiences and uh, you, you've had UFO sightings and some hauntings, uh, but we're going to start off with you giving the background as to how this all kind of unfolded in your life. And uh, then in the second segment, we're going to kind of dive into your life. You've had a very interesting life. And maybe even before we get into the paranormal, if you want to just kind of give people a, like a million mile overview of kind of your crazy experience of a life that you had growing up, kind of let them know where we're going to be going in the overtime segment. <laughs> right on. Sounds good. All right. So, uh, when I was a kid, um, I ended up living with my grandparents. My mom had me and all my siblings at a really young age and she was involved in a lot of drugs and just kind of messed up as a person. So my grandparents stepped in and took all of us in, uh, grew up with my grandparents, my aunt, um, my aunt pretty much took over being the mother of me and my brother and my two sisters. And she was awesome, you know, but she used to talk to us about all the paranormal and the the strange things in the world. You know, she believed that everyone has psychic abilities and that uh, ghosts are real. She, she was adamant about when you die, like sometimes you linger as a guardian angel for people who need you or however you need to continue if you died untimely or out of place. So anyways, kid, uh, my aunt would tell us stories about seeing angels or her brother that had passed away. Um, I had a lot of health problems when I was a, a baby. So I used to have sleep apnea really bad. She said a few times she came in and she just had a feeling or she heard her brother's voice like telling her to get up and check on me. So she came in a couple times and I was just blue, you know, like stopped breathing completely. And so she swore up and down that, you know, he had saved me from beyond the grave. So that was pretty cool. But probably around uh, five or six, she started trying to get us to develop uh, psychic abilities, essentially. She played games with us, like with a deck of cards, you know, pick a color, pick a suit, pick a number. and we never really thought much of it. You know, it was just a fun game, but, uh, yeah, that was interesting. She told us about how, uh, when she was in school, she used to have this extracurricular thing where she would leave and go into this closet with these <clears throat> interesting suited people. And I don't know if you know what Zener cards are or, or Zener cards. They're the cards that have the different shapes on them. Yeah, a star, square, triangle, but uh, they would go and it was essentially the same kind of game. You know, they'd put the cards upside down and ask her to identify them. And apparently, she scored really well. And then she started talking to my grandma about it, and my grandma told her to not score well. You know, because she was worried about them taking her or whatever. However, uh, <laughs> it's a long story. But anyways, so my aunt, she got into all the paranormal stuff with us. She told us that ghosts are real, demons are real. She taught us how to make protective symbols and you know, just like take care of ourselves spiritually as well as physically and mentally. So all that. Um, she apparently had a bunch of UFO experiences as a child. Um. I can get into that later, but she, she basically told us that, you know, there's, there's people or beings beyond earth 
and it's real, even though the media tries to deny it. Like, so keep a mindful eye. Um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much that. And then, you know, I lived with my grandparents for a while. My aunt met a guy online. We went down to Georgia, lived there for a couple years. Just sent me back up here with one of her friends. Uh, ended up staying there for a little over a year. So I was about 16. Uh, ended up getting a girl pregnant. And then my friends, my aunt's friends just bailed on me one day. So I went home to an empty house. Uh, stayed with my girlfriend off and on when I could. Her mom didn't want me there. So I did a lot of car hopping and sleeping on the street. Um, when we finally had our child, we went to the hospital. He was born a little premature. So they had us stay in a Ronald McDonald house for about two weeks. And on the day that they said that we could take him home, uh, they had a caseworker come in and she said, you're not going to be taking him home. He's going into the foster care system. We ended up going in also because I was a minor without a guardian and her mom had a warrant out. So we packed up our things. We all went into one house for the night. And then the next day, they split us up. So my kid went to one house. Uh, my girlfriend at the time and her sister went to one house, and I went to another house. Went through the foster care system. That was a, a nightmare in itself. But I was lucky, and I had a really good foster family. Um, when I got out of there, I said f it all i felt really you know abandoned by my family because the family that i did have wasn't willing to take me out so packed up my things i went to california lived there for a couple years <clears throat> until everything fell through i had three jobs at one point uh, i was trying to sell my car so i could get a better one uh and ended up having a tweaker steal my car he was looking at it you know and i was naive and uh i went inside to grab the key because he's like oh where's the key at but apparently he had just pocketed it went inside heard my car start came out he was driving off <clears throat> so i i didn't know what to do i called my friend and i was like hey uh i think someone just stole my car <laughs> so <clears throat> ended up uh, calling the police and they couldn't find my car it ended up getting found a week later but in that week i didn't have transportation to work or I was going to school at the time too. So I ended up getting flunked out of college, lost my jobs, and I had applied for uh, FAFSA. So they, about a month later, I went to go check my mail and I had a check in there for 1300 bucks. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go home. So I moved back up here, stayed with my aunt for a while. Um, yeah, ended up having another kid and then kind of starting over. Yeah. So you, you told me, you know, the, the brief overview and, and I said, wow. And you're like, that's not even a half of it. And I was just like, holy crap. And, uh, so we'll definitely get into that. So, uh, you you mentioned that your, your aunt had her own UFO experiences. Is that kind of like how you got involved and, and the whole thing started for you? Um, uh, I'd say it definitely opened up my eyes to things. You know, we used to go outside and we'd look up at the sky and it should be like, Oh, there's one, you know, and 
who knows if they were just satellites or whatever, but you know, like we'd look for moving lights in the sky. Like we never saw anything that was definitely a UFO, I guess. But you know, it was, it was fun to dream. Yeah. And especially as a kid, it gives, it gives you something to do, right? Right. Yeah. Something to, something to think about. Yeah. So, uh, how does how do you want to go about this? Do you want to go into your experience, or do you want to start laying more groundwork? Uh, <clears throat> um, we can go ahead and go into my experiences. I guess. All right. Want to start with the paranormal stuff? Uh, do you want to start with the, the paranormal stuff or the UFO stuff? Uh, however, you decide. Go ahead. Go for it. All right. So we'll go. We'll just go chronologically, starting with the paranormal stuff because that came first. <clears throat> so, uh, I guess we used to see you know, like shadow figures and like hear noises when we were a kid. My aunt, she would always tell us that like, that was my, my uncle, Sean, you know, walking around with his boots. Cause he always wore these really heavy boots being an electrician. So that was kind of the intro to that. Well, but we used to see a lot of shadows and shapes in the darkness, you know? So, uh, I remember the first one I remember I was, uh, laying in, in my room and my sister was staying in there. I don't remember why. She was scared of the dark or something. But she was sleeping on the floor. She woke me up in the middle of the night. She's like, do you, do you see that? And I was like, what? What are you talking about? She's gesturing in the dark. She's like, in the closet, there's, there's eyes. And I, I didn't see anything. But you know, I'm just, she, she was adamant that she saw something. So I just rolled over. I was like, go back to sleep. You're just having a bad dream. <clears throat> a couple weeks later, I was going to sleep. You know, I had the lights out and the fan on. I was just kind of staring out towards the closet and I saw eyes. So, you know, I was like, okay, what, what's that about? I just tried to shove it out of my mind, rolled over the other way, and I went back to sleep. But uh, that's kind of when it started ramping up. So, after that, you know, we'd go play hide and seek in the dark in the house at night and whatnot, <clears throat> but we'd start seeing shadow figures. I mean, not, nothing ever really happened drastically, but we definitely saw some stuff. And then when we moved in to another house, it was probably two or three years after that. I think I was uh, about seven or eight years old, maybe maybe a little older, but. So we moved into this house. It was a huge house and my grandparents got a really good deal on it. And we had a pretty big family at the time. You know, it was me, my two sisters. I had a cousin, um, my aunt, my uncle, and both my grandparents. We all lived together. So we moved into this house and, and it was cool. You know, there was a, a little back building that we used to play in. They didn't want us playing back there because it was really falling apart, but it had this hatch in the floor and like it was the coolest thing ever. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, so we started seeing stuff, uh, about a month after that living in the house, my, my cousin was the first one to start seeing things. Her bedroom was upstairs in the middle of the hallway, basically, but she had the attic access to her room and she started telling us that she was hearing, you know, talking at night. And like things would move in her room, and we're like, "Oh, you're crazy!" You know, like she, she was a kind of a liar as a child, I guess. Like to tell tell tales, so they all just kind of like push it off. But then we started seeing things also, 
um, you know, shadow people, I guess, just lurking in the corners of rooms and just being a kid, you know, you're not sure if you're seeing it, I guess. Like I never, I never was a hundred percent sure that it was actually there. If it was just my imagination, you know, talking about ghost stories or watching scary movies and you don't, you don't really know what's real, but the one thing that definitely changed my mind, uh, my friend was over one night and we were going up to go to bed and we were going to sleep in my aunt's room. She was out in Washington with her boyfriend for a couple of weeks and my bedroom was pretty small. I shared it with my brother. <clears throat> so we decided we were going to go sleep in a queen bed. So we we're just going up there, you know, messing around talking. And I opened the door and he stopped. So I, I looked at him. I was like, what, what's wrong? He's like, do you see that? So I look and I didn't see anything. But as soon as I looked, uh, this like hand materialized out of nothing. It was like this glowing green hand. And my aunt had this goblet full of like, I guess they're kind of like Orbeez, but they were scented. So it's kind of like an air freshener thing sitting in the windowsill. And this hand grabs that goblet and threw it at us across the room. And we just freaked out. We ran and jumped in the bed and threw the covers over our head. And I mean, he was crying and <laughs> we just sat there for a good 30 minutes, you know, waiting to hear something or see something. And I think we finally ended up falling asleep, but that, that definitely like changed my mind about what we were seeing. So it, it turned out when we moved out, uh, my grandparents had found out that it was a meth lab. And like, I didn't find this out until I was probably about 13 years old when my aunt like finally told us, but, uh, they looked in the attic. Apparently there was a leak or something. So they went up there after we had moved out and they found two bodies wrapped up in plastic and covered in insulation in the attic, Jeez. which, yeah, no, I mean that just, that kind of just like put everything together, you know? And then they had told my grandparents that it was a meth lab and there was meth in the walls still. And that it was a safety hazard. I don't think my grandparents ever took any legal action or anything. They just kind of said, okay. And then moved on. You know, I wasn't really in the loop, so I'm not sure what exactly happened, but that was, that was some scary stuff. <laughs> and just knowing that we were living there next to a couple bodies for the better part of a year, if not longer. Those bodies were in the attic? Yeah, the entire time. Just, you know, and my cousin, she was 20 feet from him when she was sleeping. And, I mean, there was no smell or anything? You guys didn't ever notice a smell? No. There was, so underneath the attic was the, the kitchen and dining room. And I remember like a spot on the ceiling, like a water spot, you know, but no, we never smelled anything. There's never bugs or, you know, it was, wasn't anything obvious, but you know, one time we looked in there because we were curious kids and I actually went probably like halfway back in the attic, but I, I do remember seeing a giant bulge in the insulation, you know, but I didn't think anything of it, but I got, I got spooked and went out, you know, I never told anybody or did anything further about it. So. <laughs> Holy cow, man. So 
I mean, looking back at that situation, did you do you feel like what you experienced in that house was the spirits of those dead bodies or what? I think so. Yeah. Now, this green hand that appeared, did that seem like ghostly or was it very physical? It was pretty solid from what I remember, but it was just a hand. And like it appeared as it was moving towards the goblet just materialized <laughs> and it was dark in the room but the hand was well lit now, not quite a neon but more like a pale green like a uh, pale green as in almost like um like green like a dead green almost yeah like the old frankenstein green i guess <laughs> is what i would call it wow man wow that's crazy. I, I can't imagine that. That would have scarred me, seeing a hand appear like that and throwing the goblet at you. I mean, you said your friend ran at it in fear and was crying. Did he ever come back to that house? Uh, yeah, he was back there a few times, but I, we really didn't even talk about it. You know, just kind of left it alone. I don't think he really wanted to talk about it. <laughs> and then I, I told my aunt when she came back, and I don't, I don't remember what she said or anything ever happening about it after that. Yeah, I mean, she was involved in in some of that kind of stuff. Well, not that stuff, but like paranormal stuff. So, I mean, she probably wasn't that surprised by it then. Right. Yeah, I think she might have said that like she had some weird experiences too. But I, I really don't recall any conversation that happened after that about it. Wow, man. Was there anything else that ever happened in that house? Um. Well, there was a bullet hole in the lampshade i guess we, we thought it was kind of weird but like didn't put any mind to it and then uh when we moved in there was this really cool hopscotch pattern carpet in half the living room and it turned out that somebody had died there and there was blood like soaked into the subfloor when they went to go remodel it and so they had ripped out the carpet and covered it up with that hopscotch pad but you know that was it was just really cool having a hopscotch pad as a kid never thought anything about it oh man <laughs> yeah that's kind of crazy that's kind of crazy and uh you know kids like that kind of stuff but uh yeah it sounds like that house had a lot of baggage yeah no for sure so where do we go from here are we talking uh the ufo experiences now Okay, let's take a second to talk about our sponsor for today's show, which is Cerebral. Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. It is a great convenience because it's all online, especially when it comes to your prescriptions being delivered right to your door. Listen, friends, last year, the anxiety and depression rate in the United States more than doubled. That's insane. It's insane for any period of time, but I think we understand why it doubled. And there's a lot of people out there. I guarantee there are a lot of people in my listening audience that could use somebody to talk to. You sit down sometimes and you think, man, I wish there was just one person. I wish I could meet one person in my life that I know I'll never see again that I could just unload on and talk to. That is the people over at Cerebral. It's from the comfort of your own home, whether it's on your laptop or their mobile app, but you can talk to a counselor and a therapist on your own schedule, which is a great thing. They are also one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships the medication straight to your door, skipping the pharmacy. You know 
30 minutes, 40 minutes standing in a line just to get to the counter at the pharmacy for them to tell you that, oh, the prescription is not even made yet. You got to wait 30, 45 minutes till it's done. It's a big waste of time. Skip the middleman, have it delivered right to your front door, and also have the convenience of doing it on a scheduled basis. There are affordable treatments. They are one third the price of traditional therapy. Psychiatrist visits in this country, at least America, can cost over $500 per session. And then traditional therapy visits can often cost over $100 per session. Cerebral actually is one third the price of traditional therapy. So it's a great affordable convenience for you as well. So with that said, I don't know what there is else to say about this to get you to actually act on this. If you're somebody who needs therapy or counseling or prescription medication, why not have that prescription medication shipped right to your door? And why not talk to a therapist or a counselor right from your phone or your computer in the comfort of your own home? No need to go anywhere. No need to feel awkward or anything like that. It's done in private at your home. And for my listeners right now, this program, you can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at GetCerebral.com slash Tony. Go to GetCerebral.com slash Tony for 65% off your first month. That's just a total of $30 to get started. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Uh, yeah, let's do it. <clears throat> so I guess uh, my first major UFO experience uh, happened in California. I was 19 at the time. Um, I was seeing this girl for a while and we had decided to go camping. So packed up our things and we were, we were living in Eureka at the time and she wanted to go down South. So we ended up going to this campground is called the, the Bigfoot campground is just North of Reading, say maybe 30, 40 minutes. So we go and, uh, we're just hanging out You know, it was really hot. I think it was late August. We swam in the river and whatnot, <clears throat> and uh, we ended up getting in a fight. She was upset that I was seeing somebody else because she didn't want to make things official. But we ended up going to bed that night. Uh, and when we went to go to our tent after being out all day, there was a bunch of people setting up next to us, you know, a bunch of like college-age kids. They had a bunch of tents out. It was starting to get dark and they were over there playing with this, like, I guess, 100,000 watt flashlight. I don't know if you've ever seen those, but it's basically just a giant searchlight. Yeah. So they're out there messing around with it. We weren't talking at that point. So we just kind of rolled over and went to sleep. Um, I ended up waking up in the middle of the night and there was a light, you know, flashing across the top of the tent. And I was like, oh, these, these guys are just out here messing around. But it was completely silent, you know, like I expected to hear them drinking and laughing or something. And I was staring at this light and it was like kind of pulsing, you know, in a pattern. I was like, well, that's really weird. So I I reach over and I try to wake her up. I was like, hey, hey, Joe, just kind of shoved her a few times. And I don't know if she woke up or not, but she wasn't responding. So. I was like, well, I'm going to go investigate. So I unzip the tent, stick my head out, and I look over towards where they were camping. And this light was illuminating everything that I could see, you know, the tops of the trees, just everything. And it was 
daylight bright. So I was like, well, what, what's this? And so I get out of my tent and you could clearly see what direction it was coming from. It, I guess it was to the south of where we were. So I get out and zip the tent back up and I start walking up this hill. We we're next to a porta potty and there was a hill that went up past it. And I could see that the light was coming from over the hill. So I start walking up the hill in the dark. I didn't even have a flashlight or anything, but the light was that bright. Like I could see when it pulsed where I was going, you know? So I get up to the top of this hill and the light pulses again. And there's a little valley down on the other side of the hill. So I'm looking down and I see this massive disc. I'd I'd say it was probably 50 to 60 feet wide just hovering like above the ground, maybe 10 feet. And every time it lights up, it pulses and the light, it it lit up everything as far as I could see, you know, like I could see mountains, I'd say probably a quarter mile away, like this entire circle, just this disc pulsing in the bottom of this Valley, just lighting everything up. And, you know, I've always been really curious about extraterrestrials or whatever. And I was like, I want to go check this out. So I took a couple steps forward and then something in me just said, don't do it. You know, I just said like, turn around, like, forget this. So despite my inquisitiveness (laughs) and my better judgment, I guess I I turned around and uh, I went back to the tent, got inside, you know, the light was still pulsing. I zipped it up. And I laid down back in my sleeping bag. And about 10 seconds later, I heard a truck just rip by on the road. And these roads are really windy. If anyone's familiar with the 299, it's a 30 mile per hour speed limit the whole way, you know, with corners that are down to 15, you know, hairpin turns. And I heard this truck just, they're probably doing, you know, 60 or 70. So this truck goes by. And then it sounded like five or six other vehicles just right behind it. So I was like, well, that's really weird. And then the light stopped as soon as these vehicles ripped by. And I kind of laid there for a while and listened. I didn't hear anything. And then I just uh, ended up drifting off back to sleep. The next day I asked Joe about it, you know, if she was awake and she saw anything. And we still weren't talking at that point. so we packed up our things and headed back and that was the end of our relationship but she never said anything about it and i never got any further information about it do you wish that you would have pursued it and went closer i i mean i do but who knows what would have happened you know i'm i'm assuming that the vehicles that went by were military or somebody going to investigate it so i mean I could have been interrogated or whatever, you know, who knows what would have happened. It probably wouldn't have been good. So it's probably for the best that I didn't go investigate. Yeah. And curiosity kills a cat, right? So <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand that totally. Um, the light that was pulsating, what color was it? It was white, like bright led white. And like you said, it was like lighting up the, I guess the mountain range or something. I mean, what kind of radius are we talking about here? Was it lighting up the entire area or was it more isolated? It it was as far as I could see, you know, like we were down kind of in a valley 
along this river, but it was lighting up the hills all all around me. You know? And the disc, it was just a flat disc, or was it like a traditional what you would think of a UFO, or what? Uh, yeah, I mean it. It was like flatter, but it definitely had some body. Like there wasn't uh, any bubbles or glass balls on top of it or anything. It was just a, you know, I guess a classic US UFO. But it was the entire thing that was pulsing, like the entire outside of it. Wow, that's amazing. And, and what where the area was this again? Uh, off the two ninety nine about. 40 minutes north of Redding, California. Do you know about, um, well, what's it called? Uh, China Lake? Uh, I'm not familiar now. Okay. It's in California, but I, I think it's actually south of there. Uh, it, and I, if I remember correctly, it's some kind of military base that they do, you know, interesting work. And sometimes I wonder if these kind of things come from there. But uh, that's really interesting. Do you get the sense that it was more, you know, our technology that they were they're messing with or do you think that was more extraterrestrial i think it's probably something not from earth just because of the silence you know it was completely quiet and just hovering completely still and the light like i've never seen anything light up like that so i mean i don't know we don't know what the government has so who am i to say but that paired with the just the all the vehicles going by you know, it sounded like they were on their way to check it out. Yeah, when you told that part of the story, I was thinking at first that maybe it was other campers or something that saw it and they decided to peel out of there. But what you're saying is they went in the direction of where you saw it. Right. Man. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. I wish I, I man, I wish I was there. Like I wish I would have seen what you saw and uh peek my head out to see if what video what vehicles were driving by. Well, it was, it was pitch black, you know, there's no civilization out there. So probably wouldn't have been able to see who it was anyways. Gotcha. I wish I would have been smart and grabbed my phone or something, you know, but it didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> it happens a lot in those kind of situations. The last thing you're thinking about is documenting, you know, uh, you're, uh, I mean, we're so used to documenting, you know, through selfies and things like that. But when you're experiencing something like that, I, I imagine you're just kind of mesmerized and you're just like, I don't want to take my eyes off this, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. Did you feel any kind of fear or anything, or was it more curiosity? Uh it was curiosity until I started down the hill. You know, I took those two steps and then I guess it was kind of a fear, but more of like just something telling me not to do it. I wasn't really afraid. I just knew that I shouldn't. Kind of hard to explain, I guess. No, it makes sense. I mean, that inner voice that kind of comes in, people should start listening to that more often. <laughs> might spare a lot of heartache. I agree. <laughs> so uh, that was, was that the first UFO experience you had? Yeah, that was, I mean, that was the first anything I've seen firsthand. Yeah, you know, I've always seen lights in the sky or whatever, weird things happening farther away than you can see. But yeah, that was uh, up close and personal. Why don't you tell me about this other experience you had then with this this other UFO? Was it the same area? Uh, no. So that was up in North Idaho, uh, Coeur d'Alene area. So um, my friends and I were planning a getaway for my 21st birthday. 
I worked with these two guys for a little over a year and, you know, they wanted to throw me a party essentially. So they started looking at vacation rentals in the area and they found this cabin on the other side of Coeur Lake from where I live. It's a place called uh, Turner Bay. So they came to me and they're like, hey, we want to get like 100 people together. <clears throat> we're going to go up, you know, have music. They were both DJs. So they wanted to DJ and have this massive party. And they're like, hey, it's like 1200 bucks. You want to split it with us three ways? We'll all go up there and just have a good time. Got it for a week. So I was like, yeah, man, uh, gave my portion of the money to my friend, Chad. And then they secured it probably a month and a half or so before my actual birthday, um, ended up being that nobody wanted to go to this. And my friend, Andrew, that had planned the entire thing, he backed out because his wife at the time wasn't comfortable with him going. So about a week before that, it was just Chad and I and my girlfriend at the time that were going to go stay out there. I asked my family if they wanted to come out and check it out because it was a pretty sweet little cabin in the woods, you know, just really rustic and had a fireplace and really secluded away from everybody. So I ended up having my mom and her boyfriend come out there and they hung out for a day or so. But, uh, this experience happened, I'd say, four days into this day. So it was the day after my birthday. Um, my mom's boyfriend and I had gone to the bar the day before. And yeah, I probably shouldn't have been driving, but he was more drunk than I was. Anyway, <laughs> long story short, uh, we get back and I just passed out. You know, We probably didn't get home until 2.30 or so. And the entire next day... I was just really hungover, ended up taking a nap for a few hours. Um, we got up, they left, and my friend Chad wasn't staying there because his girlfriend and kid were you know, at his house and he didn't want to stay the night. So he ended up coming over later that evening. And we just kind of hung out, you know, walked around in the woods, had a fire later that night. And I guess that's kind of where it all started. So we're sitting around the fire. It's a little after 11 and we were just talking, you know, I was talking about my neighbor and she had a bunch of health problems and I'm just making small talk, I guess. So I ended up talking about her cat at one point and I'm looking across the fire you know, and into the sky basically because it was pretty, you know, just actually see the stars instead of being in town. And I saw this flash of light mid sentence and it was across the lake near a mountain. I'd say, I don't know, 25, 30 miles away. So I just stopped mid sentence and <laughs> Chad and my girlfriend were just, you know, staring at me, waiting for me to finish the sentence. And I just kind of got lost for a few seconds. And I was like, did you, did you guys see that? But they were both facing me. So they were like, no, didn't see anything. And I was like, huh, that was really weird. Just a flash over there. So we're sitting there, get back into the conversation. And my girlfriend at the time, she uh, got up and 
below us, like in that direction was the driveway that kind of came up and wrapped around the fireplace. She was, she walked over and was kind of just walking around looking while Chad and I were sitting there talking. A few minutes goes by and she's like, Hey, do you guys see that? I was like, I don't see anything just, you know, black. She's like, come here and look at this. So we both get up and go over there. She's like, it looks like there's a light down there. Uh, And we weren't close to anybody. I guess the road was about a mile below us, but it was on the other side of some trees. Uh, I was like, oh, well, it's probably just, you know, the dock light down there or something. So we're sitting there. She's like, no, I think it's, it's moving. So we stood there for a couple minutes, staring, trying to see if it actually was moving. And then I guess it ended up looking like it was moving. So I'm like, oh, that's really weird. We're standing there for a while, just kind of watching it. And then she's like, there's another one, maybe 10 feet to the left of it, you know, perspectively. Who is to say actually how far it was? But uh, so, so we're standing there. And we're watching these lights and I started looking around and I saw a few more, you know, up by the campfire, not, not near it. Exactly. There's a, a woodshed probably about 50 feet away to the North of us. And, uh, there was a couple lights up there too. So we're sitting there, we're watching these lights and I was like, Oh, they're, they're everywhere. You know, I'd seen probably half a dozen just surrounding us. And she's like, that's really weird because they were moving, you know, kind of just like bobbing up and down through the woods. So, uh, I was like, I'm going to go investigate. I was like, you guys want to go with me? And they just kind of looked at me and didn't say anything. So I was like, all right, screw this. I'm going, I want to check this out. So I go down this hill toward the initial light that we had seen. And it was a hundred, 150 feet to the tree line. There's a little patch of, earth go down the hill and i got to the bottom of it kind of went up on the other side to another hill and as soon as i got to the bottom i kind of like looked up the hill on the other side you know trying to see if i could see it because i thought that i was closer to it at that point or it had to have been like right on top of me so i'm standing there in the dark and just kind of staring listening and that's when I, I saw it. I, I'm looking up and around this tree, from around this tree, like peaks this face, like classic alien face, but it was glowing like a plasma blue, you know, and I could just see the outline of it and the eyes. And it looks around at me. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Is this actually happening? And then it kind of like, goes back behind the tree and does this a couple times because i I don't know if it was just like curious i don't even know how it saw me it was pitch black and i'm standing there in the dark but so it peeks around this tree a couple times and i started talking Uh, i was like (laughs) uh at one point i was like we come in peace it was hilarious (laughs) so it just kind of stands there you know, we're having this like stare down in the dark and it was looking right at me, but I was like, I want to get closer. You know, I'm going to go check this out. So I started walking up the hill and it was really close to me at that point. 
I get up to where I swore it was, and I had this uh, little glow stick flashlight from Walmart or whatever. Click on the light, and I look around, and I didn't see anything. There's just a bunch of trees, and right in front of me, there's this stump. So I sit down on the stump and turn the light off, and I'm like, I'm going to just wait until I see the light again. So as soon as I sit down and turn the light off, I heard a, a stick snap right behind me. So I turned the light on, swing around, and didn't see anything. I was like, well, that's weird. You know, I don't know what that was. Anyways, so turn the light off again, sit there, and I lit up a cigarette. So I was smoking Newport 100s at the time. And anyone that smokes those know that they burn for a while. You know, that's a 10-minute cigarette at least. Yeah. So, so I light the cigarette, and I take a drag. And then I put it down, you know. Went to go take another drag, and it was gone. You know, I just had a butt in my hand. No cherry or anything, just empty. So I was like, well, that's weird. <laughs> Not really thinking anything of it. I lit another cigarette. Okay, for our last sponsor today, we have HelloFresh. I love HelloFresh, and I know many of you love HelloFresh as well because I've gotten the emails when you guys order your HelloFresh, and then when you receive the HelloFresh, you're trying it, you're loving it. So let's make the Confessionals family an army of HelloFresh consumers. What is HelloFresh, though? With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from every week, including vegetarian menu items, calorie smart gourmet options, providing plenty of opportunity of variety. Now, not only do they have a lot of options, but they are also cheaper than your grocery store. You can save on average $65 per month when you order HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. That's more money to spend on presents and activities for you and your family. What are you waiting for? Because here's the best part. As always, go to HelloFresh.com slash confessionals14 and use code 14 for up to 14 free meals and three free gifts. It's the giving season and HelloFresh is giving you a heck of a lot when you're using my promo code confessionals14. So go to HelloFresh.com slash confessionals14 and use that code confessionals14 to get your 14 free meals and three free gifts. I don't know anybody else out there giving away so much stuff for new customers and it could be yours if you just go there right now. HelloFresh.com slash confessionals14. My girlfriend at the time, she yelled down the hill. She's like, my love. And I was like, yeah. She's like, where are you? And I was like, I'm right here. She's like, you've been gone for a while. I was like, I just came down here. Like, I'm still trying to see what this is. She's like, no, you've been gone like a really long time. She's like, you should come back up here. And I was like, okay. So I hadn't seen anything. Just kind of got over it anyways. So stand up off the stump and I'm looking around and I ended up finding like a, a deer trail. So I grabbed this trail and I start walking back toward the cabin and 
I don't know, about 30 feet into the trail, I heard this really weird noise. Like I chalked it up to a mix between an owl and like a bear cub. It's kind of like a guttural hooting, purring, I don't even know, sound. So, you know, I was like, oh, that's freaky. And started walking a little bit faster. And this trail actually ended up going right up to the driveway. So I get up to the top of the driveway and she's standing there and my friend Chad had come out. So they're both standing there and they're like, Hey, you should come inside. Like it's really cold out here. It was maybe 55 degrees or something, but I was super warm. I was like, no, I'm, I'm just going to sit here for a minute and see if I can see anything else. So they were like, okay, well we're going to go sit by the fire. I was like, okay, cool. So uh, I sat there and I, I finished my cigarette and then I didn't really see anything else. So I decided to go back and sit with them, you know, by the fire, get over there. And they decided that they're going to go in. One of them had to use the bathroom. The other one was hungry or whatever. I was like, okay, I'm just going to sit here for a little bit. So they go inside. I'm sitting there, you know, in awe still about everything that's happening, looking out into the woods and looking like back at the trail where I was coming up. And I saw lights again. So I see two lights this time. They're side by side. And they start walking. What I imagine was up the trail that I had just come up. And so at this point, I'm like, oh my gosh, like they're following me. Like what's going on here? So I like yelled for them. I was like, hey, you guys come out here. But they couldn't hear me. I could see them sitting in the, in the kitchen talking at the table. So I just, uh, you know, sat there, kind of watched these lights bob their way up the trail. And then I expected to see them, you know, come up onto the driveway, but they just kind of disappeared. So I'm sitting there and I started hearing, it sounded like a very small child, like creeping on the driveway, like walking, like super stealthily. Like you could just hear the gravel, just like crunch, crunch. And so at this point, I'm like freaking out. I'm like, this is this is coming towards me. <laughs> so I sat there for another minute or so, like listening to it get closer. And then I just decided that this was too much. So I went in the house. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys aren't going to believe what's happening right now. And like, I'm looking out the window toward the driveway. Couldn't see anything. There wasn't really any lights out there or anything. So they're sitting at the table talking and I'm freaking out and I walk in to, to the kitchen and started explaining to him. And I look over at the clock and it's like three forty-five AM and all of this started around 11. So, I mean, I definitely was not outside sitting at the fire for three hours. You know, so I'm wondering like what happened. And I was like, how long was I gone? And they're like a really long time. You know, they said that they tried calling for me a few times and just got no answer until that final time. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, well, what, where, where did the time go? You know, and still looking out the window, trying to see if I can see something and didn't see anything. So the sun ended up coming up. <clears throat> we went outside and sat around the fire, stoked it back up and just kind of like looked around didn't really see anything 
they they were talking. I kind of walked into the woods a little bit, see if I could like find some footprints or something. And it just there was nothing. So I'm just kind of standing there, and then I see this. This sounds really weird and stupid, but it looks like a little fairy, I guess, like made out of like a golden light, just kind of like floating up between these tree branches and just like back and forth up toward the top of this tree. And I was really intrigued. I was like, what am I seeing right now? So it takes a minute or so, but it finally gets up to the top of the tree. So I'm looking at it and the sun at this point is almost cresting the horizon. Um, staring at it and it disappears. So I'm kind of staring at this point in the tree and that's when I see a light just come from where I had initially seen that first flash of light, that direction. And it was flying really low, you know, a couple hundred feet above the ground. And it was similar to what I had seen in California, but the bottom of it was segmented into like a, a four piece pie, essentially. Like I could see a clear cross in the bottom of it and it just flew over really slow. And so I yelled at them. I was like, Hey, you guys look at this. So we all sat there and watched it just kind of like cruise over us off into the distance to where we couldn't see it anymore. And, uh, my friend Chad was like, I gotta go. He's like, I gotta go home. You know? And I could tell he was freaked out. I was like, well, dude, don't you want to like go investigate and stuff? And he's like, no, I gotta go. He's like, just take pictures or whatever. You know, tell me what happens. I was like, okay. So we said bye to him. We ended up uh, going and eating some breakfast and like warming up. And then we went and walked around the woods later on, about an hour or two later. Um, so we walked down that trail, you know, the trail that I had found on my way back up. And we're looking for footprints or anything and not finding anything you know there was like deer deer tracks and moose tracks and all sorts of whatever wild animals so we walked around for about 20 minutes and i found like some really weird charred plants like there was a cluster of those little maple seed pods on this maple tree but they were burnt like it looked like somebody had hit it with a flamethrower and I started noticing that there was a lot of just foliage, you know, around the trail that was looking similar. You know, it looked like it got burnt, like a fire just came through there. But it was cold to the touch and like it wasn't ashy. The plants were just, they looked like they had seen a lot of heat, you know, kind of wilted and shriveled up. So we're, we're walking around and I was taking pictures of everything that I thought was odd. and. I found a a stump that had this like weird kind of bird like giant claw mark in it or whatever. And I was like, that's weird. So then I walk a little bit further and there's a rock that had the same shape, but it was like charred into it. So there was that shape burnt into the rock. And I was like, what the heck is going on here? So I I guess the easiest way to explain it would be like a, a two taloned bird you know there's like two fingers essentially to the front and one to the back but it was like flat on this rock on the stump and it was i'd say about 16 inches long 
So we started looking around some more and I realized that that impression was in the mud also, but it was not the full shape of it, you know, just the, the two fingers or whatever in the front and the one at the back. And they were just holes, you know, consistently going up this trail. And I stuck my finger in one and I'd say it was about four inches deep, like in all of the holes. So I'm, I'm taking pictures of all this and we, uh, heard a noise. It sounded like somebody slammed the door on the cabin. Like we were out of eyesight, but there wasn't anybody out there. You know, it was just us. So we're like, Oh, that's weird. Like, well, let's just wrap this up and head back. So we go back to the cabin and we're looking around. I was looking for evidence that somebody had been there or whatever. And my girlfriend at the time, she had walked up the stairs and she's like, did you put these here? And I looked over and there was three flowers laying like little flowers, not like store-bought or anything, but laying like right in front of the, the screen door. And we had been in and out several times and they weren't there. So I thought that was kind of weird. I don't know what the significance is, but <laughs> that's that. So, yeah, I mean, we went the entire day, went, took a nap, and then uh, ended up going back home. And I tried talking to Chad about it, and he denies the entire thing like ever happened. He doesn't want to talk about it at all. But you know, my my ex and I, we'd talk about it every once in a while. Even still, I think we just talked about it you know, about six months or so ago when I told her that I was going to be on the show talking about it. Just trying to corroborate the information again. That's incredible. That's an incredible story. I I don't even know where to begin with that. I mean, what? let me ask you this then. I mean, you've had a lot of time to think about what do you, what do you make of what you experienced that night? I, I'm a hundred percent behind the fact that it was extraterrestrial. Like, I don't know what else it could have been. We went over several theories, you know, she's like, Oh, well maybe, maybe some of the people that were supposed to be at the party that didn't show up decided to come out and mess with us, you know, but this is the day after my actual birthday. And there was not a lot of people that would, I, I don't know anybody that would just come out and mess with us like that, you know? But so we went over that theory and then we're like, oh, well, maybe it was a deer or something. And I was like, what do you, what? <laughs> like, I, I mean, we went over every possible theory that we could think of and there's just nothing that would even come close to explaining it. And I mean, just the lost time thing, like that's really weird too. I've actually, I've been wanting to do like a hypnosis session since it happened, but I just never found anybody or put that much effort into it. Because I'm really curious to see what happened while that three hours elapsed. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I'd be very curious to find out what happened. Uh, because, I mean, you talked about, you know, you're, I think you said you were sitting on a stump or something. You light the cigarette and you hear something walking up behind you, right? Yeah, just a single snap of a stick, like something stepped on it. Man, that's... Do, I mean... Do you think there was an abduction scenario there? Or do you think that you were touched and just kind of like paused in time? I have no idea. I don't remember anything like in that gap. There's no, there's no gap. It was just seamless from one minute to the next. Man, dude. And when you were walking, I think you were walking up a trailer or something, you're by yourself and you actually saw that face come out from behind a tree. And did you say it was glowing blue or something like that? 
Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. Like a weird plasma blue color. What did, what did the face look like? Uh, actually I did a drawing of it. I'll have to send it to you. But so it was just like, I don't know, I guess, uh, like classic alien gray shape and kind of like brown on the top came to like a pointy chin on the bottom. And then like, I could see the eyes illuminated also. And it had this weird, like orange inscription on like just like a weird symbol like on on the head i don't don't know it was i guess it kind of looked like a like a chinese character kind of just like weird lines i couldn't make anything of it i i drew what i thought i saw to the best of my recollection and just like paint on microsoft (laughs) Uh, so it's high quality (laughs) all good stuff (laughs) Man, dude, that is incredible. Uh, and you were talking about the, uh, what was it like? It looked like almost like a bird had scratched into it. Like, do you think that was some type of bird? Or do you think it was more like claws from these creatures that you saw? I think it was something. I mean, they were from the front toes to the back toes. It was like 14 to 16 inches. So I don't, I don't know any bird that's that big. But the way that the head was bobbing kind of reminded me of like a bird, you know, like when you see a a cockatiel, like bobbing its head, like that's kind of how it was moving in the darkness. Like it was moving drastically, you know, like two to three feet up and then like down. Man, it, it, it sounds like there was a lot going on that night and there's not a whole lot of answers as to what was going on, but what you just described, it, there was so much stuff happening uh, from actual sightings to missing time to uh, hearing things coming up behind you, finding proof later. And, and you you mentioned about seeing the plants and it was like they were charred. It, were they, they were cold to touch though? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like hot, like the ground wasn't hot. I mean, it was, it was pretty cold that night though. So even if something had burned them, it probably would have cooled off by then, but like there wasn't any ash or anything around and the plants that looked like they were charred weren't, I don't know, I guess burnt. Like if you burn a piece of paper, like you can tell, like, I guess the, uh, the carbon comes off of it, you know, like they weren't burnt like that. It just looked like somebody hit them with like a heat gun or something. That's interesting. Yeah. When you were describing that, I was, I wasn't sure if you meant, you know, cause time had lapsed that, that it wasn't hot anymore or if it was particularly cold, like ice cold. Well, it wasn't cold. It wasn't ice cold, but you know, I was, I just investigated to see if it was still warm. You know, see if like something had burned them out of curiosity. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, how do you feel about the whole thing? I mean, is it something that, you know, you, you're, you are going to pursue and get that regression therapy, or do you think that eventually it's probably just going to fall by the side and it's just gonna be a story you tell around the campfire? Well, I want to, I was talking to a couple people about it you know, a couple of my close friends. And I actually have a friend that has a friend that's a hypnotist. And he started telling me about how like hypnotists can kind of like plant things in your mind while you're under hypnosis. So I didn't really want to alter my memories, you know, like I want to find a reputable hypnotherapist that's not going to be doing that. So I want like a clean recollection as much as I can get, you know? 
Yeah, that makes sense. And I, I would be always hesitant just because of that reason. I, I don't know what I'm getting, you know, <laughs> it, messing with my brain. It, it, that stuff makes me nervous. Yeah, no, same here. It's it's definitely not, I don't know, not kosher for somebody to be able to tell you to collect like a chicken when they snap their fingers and you do it, you know, like that's a, that's a scary thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, dude, I really appreciate you sharing these stories, man. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. It's the giving season, so give them the gift of the confessionals and share it with your friends. Thank you very much in advance. And also, just a reminder, we are going live on Christmas Eve right there on YouTube from noon Eastern time to four or five Eastern time. We're going live. We're going to have a live call on number, a bunch of other podcasters, content creators, YouTubers, and even TV personalities showing up. And we are going to be giving away a bunch of free gifts to the members because the members have given us, the Merkel tribe, so much over the years. We want to give back and give them gifts in the giving season. And also, we're going to give you the opportunity to give as well by giving in Super Chats because every penny, every dime that we raise in Super Chats during this four to five hour period will be donated to Kentucky to help build up Kentucky again after it was decimated by these tornadoes. Friends, it's going to be an awesome time on Christmas Eve, and I really hope you can join us right there on the YouTube channel. But until then, you can head on over to the Overtime segment if you're a member and listen to the second half of this conversation that I had with Nathan, where we shift gears, talk about real-life things that happen to people. And I just think in this kind of season right now, where it's the giving season, we're reflective on family and things like that, I think it's good to actually venture into seeing what life can be like for certain people and seeing how they bounce back in life. And that's what we hear from Nathan on this Overtime. So hopefully you enjoy that if you're a member. And until next next week. Stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye. Started dating, we were 18. And I was Mr. Smooth Till I felt the Pontiac smoke on the way home Just trying to impress you Married at 21 Lived a lot of life together Had a couple kids, they became best friends And now they're closer than ever We were two kinds of people We were pretty far apart But it had to happen the way it did Cause it got us to where we are What I'm saying is I wouldn't want nothing Other than what we had Baby, when I lose must be true when they say that opposites attract. Oh, opposites attract. You are so thoughtful, wild and wise. I was the never put together, rough around the edges, going nowhere kind of guy. You didn't have to do it All the things you helped me through And now the life I'm living looks a whole lot different And that's all because of you We were two kinds of people We were pretty far apart But it had to happen
Opposite to track. Yeah, opposite to track. 